there, and welcome to another episode of Shouting in the Evening, brought to you by the Scheidt International Theatre Company. Please make yourselves comfortable. The performance is about to begin. You got locked out on our second date. How, how long ago was that? What day is it? Saturday. I waited at the airport, but... Daisy, are you okay? There is no safety this side of the grave. Was that a quote from... Are you mad about my trip? We talked about it. You know what we didn't talk about, Raymond. This. What's in the box? Brave New World. One of my top five books. Oh, Alien. Awesome movie. Martian Chronicles, Dune, Star Trek. These are all favourites of mine. What's going on? I wanted to get to know you a little more while you were away. I read and watched... All the sci-fi stuff you said you loved. That's really sweet. I thought so too. Till I got depressed. You're depressed? Not anymore, no. I moved from depressed to nervous. And now, I'm just paranoid. Is that why you stopped responding to my texts and calls? Sort of, yeah. I refuse to own any device that can become sentient. So, you got rid of your phone? No, I got rid of everything. Alexa, my Roomba. I even disabled the self-cleaning oven. Do you know how it works? In the beginning, Siri is a smart, little, helpful friend. And then one day, you're like, lock up the bot bay doors, pal. And she's, I'm sorry, Days. I'm afraid I can't do that. <laughs> you're not serious, right? You're just having a little fun. Uh, I haven't had fun in weeks. I, oh, I may never have fun again. <laughs> of course you will. Hey, why don't we go to our special place for our favourite treat? And support a corrupt corporation systematically bent on world domination? Cupcake City? They serve snacks. Made for kids. Maybe they're snacks made from kids. Okay. Let's just stay here and talk through this. That might help. You're the first person I've talked to in... If you actually are a person. What does that mean? You were gone a week. How do I know you're not some kind of... Shapeshifter, a pod person, a snake-faced rat-eater disguised in human skin. Because those things aren't real. <laughs> you know the phi in sci-fi stands for fiction, right? And the psi stands for science. Science. You're a clone, aren't you? 
You went away because you were bored with me and created a duplicate to come back in your place. I went away because my grandfather was dying and I had to... Put him in suspended animation until humanity finds a cure. He wasn't sick. He was old. And, and you uploaded his consciousness so he'll live forever in a digital device or avatar. I just had to say goodbye. And then dig up and reanimate his corpse. This won't, this won't end well. N- not for you, not for him, not for any of us. I saw my family, Daisy. I realised how fragile life can be. Then I hurried back to see you to say something I should have said last night before I left. When we watched the meteor shower? Yes. They were beautiful. You were beautiful. I was just too afraid. You should have been. Yes, meteors are never just meteors. They are death rocks, harbouring lethal spores or alien spacecraft cloaked to avoid detection. At best, that falling star we wished upon was an astronaut plummeting into our atmosphere, burning to bits after a deep space tragedy. Why are you spoiling things? I loved that moment. I loved every moment we spent together. All those moments will be lost in time, like tears in rain. Are you quoting Blade Runner? Yes. Oh my god, you could be an android. But I'm not. A robot then. You're not allowed to injure me, that's the first rule. I'm a man, Daisy. The same man you dated for three weeks before I took my trip. You still remember those dates, don't you? Splitting the cupcake, moonlight walks... Slow dancing to David Bowie? I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Like, why were we matched up in the first place? A dating app's algorithm compared common interests and found us compatible. Mm, That's what it wants us to believe. I think it manipulated our data to ensure we met at a specific moment in time. For what purpose? There's obviously some ominous event looming on the horizon that can only play out with direct contributions from our spawn. uh, Spawn? We haven't even... And that's never going to happen now. Ooh, unless our offspring is needed to prevent the ominous event. Make love to me, Raymond. What? Okay. No! Wait, let's just stay calm and talk about this rationally. So, you're not attracted to me anymore? I knew you'd leave me for someone. Or something. Who is it? A hyper-sexualized virtual reality chick? Or a machine programmed to fulfill your fantasies? A kinky space vixen with three breasts, two tongues and a one-track mind? I only care for you, Daisy. Can't things just be like they were? Not in this timeline. If it's any consolation, there's likely an alternate one where you never went on your trip and I never went down this sci-fi wormhole. Stop! I'm not ready to give up on this. We can work it out. What's the point? Even if we do, the world is careening towards Armageddon and one of us will sacrifice our life in a noble gesture to save mankind. What Armageddon? Uh, Invasion, pandemic, nuclear annihilation, it's always something. 
Well, even if that's true, we can't live in fear. We've got to make the best of the time we have. Too late. The end is nigh. Monsters are rising from the depths. Asteroids are falling from the sky. Household plants are craving the taste of human blood. Mankind is resilient. All of that could happen at once and there'd still be hope. I wish I had your innocence, Raymond, but I'm a realist. I'm not convinced humans are worthy of saving. Besides, any lingering suggestion of hope will ultimately be crushed by unexpected, ironical twists. (laughs) How can you say that? Because I've seen it! The monsters on Maple Street turn out to be our neighbours. Those who promise to serve us plan to do so on plates. We find peace after unspeakable tragedy, then we break our only pair of reading glasses. Those are all Twilight Zone episodes. They're morality tales, revealing the darkness of the human psyche and the harsh reality that our quest for meaning will be derailed by bad karma or cruel fate. So, you're just giving up? On us? On everything? It's time. The clocks have struck 13. Wait, that's from 1984. So? So, 1984 was written in 1949. Orwell predicted what the world would be like a few decades later, but he was wrong. The real 1984 was nothing like this. People watched MTV and played Pac-Man. What are you saying? I'm saying that all this stuff is speculative. Sci-fi offers suggestions, warnings even, not prophecies. We read and we watch and we learn from the fictionalised missteps so we can change course and avoid those mistakes in reality. I mean, this book has a completely dystopian society. The government uses propaganda to subvert reality. It uses alternative facts to rewrite history so lies are viewed as truth. It champions hatred, demands loyalty, claims to be perfect and... That could never happen now. Well, it... The future is here, Raymond. That means you and I no longer have one. Fine. I can't change how you feel. But you're hurting and it's my fault. So what can I do to help? Take the box. Keep it. Burn it. Whatever you want. Just leave me to live these final days with some semblance of peace. I will. I'm going to do more than that, though. I'm going to destroy this box. And my stuff right along with it. I'm going to cleanse my house of everything sci-fi. Tear down posters, smash video games, throw away some t-shirts. All of my t-shirts. And I'll change what I read, what I stream, what I collect. And I'll I'll still want to be alone. Then I'll wait, patiently. While you're hiding from a world you feel is crumbling, I'll be rebuilding mine. I'll read Jane Austen, attend theatre, adopt a dog or a fish. Then somewhere, sometime, someone will unlock the secrets of time travel and I will go back to that perfect night beneath the meteor shower and I will tell you I love you. I'll choose not to go on my trip. I will stay in your arms and in your heart 
forever. You travel through time for me. Without hesitation. And things will be different. They'll be very different. You'll step on a freaking butterfly and send the world into a post-apocalyptic future worse than we have now. Oh, we'll be battling gangs in a desert wasteland or getting ruled by talking monkeys. My God, it's like you've never even read sci-fi. Take the box and get out. Brush up on this stuff before you burn it. I don't ever want to see it or you ever again. But resistance is futile. We find hope in the impossible. This is DZ. Phase one is complete. I've manipulated data, broken the target's heart and redirected his future. He will no longer attend Comic-Con, meet his soulmate, and sire the child destined to save the Earth. Our clones are poised to release the pods, engineer the apocalypse, and initiate the robot uprising. If you've found no hope for the human species, Provide the signal, and the meteor shower will commence. DZ, we await your reply. The choice is yours. Science Friction, written by Ken Pruce and starring Ian Cowison, Ali Gallo and Owen Cowison. Thanks go to our esteemed technical wizard Ian for sound manipulation and button wrangling. Join us again next week for another Shouting in the Evening production. Cheerio!